Hey, welcome this morning to church. Welcome to New Life Church. If this is your first time, my name is Jeremy Smith, lead pastor here, and it's an honor. It's a privilege. And if this is your first time, yeah, we do have a hole in our roof over my right shoulder here, uh, which is why we cannot be up on stage at this, at this moment. And, um, but we try to make the most of, of our time and our gathering here today. We just want to say welcome and thank you guys for being here with us today. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, in case you didn't know, um, most calendars probably don't put that on there um, like they do a lot of other things, but it is Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to invite you to open up to famous portion of Scripture. Uh, it's in the New Testament, in the, in the gospel, or in, excuse me, not the gospel, but the book or the letter of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 2, and we are going to talk a little bit today about Pentecost Sunday and, and the power of being and living a, a life filled with the Holy Spirit. That is not just something that's reserved once a year or, 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 or what have you, but it's an everyday thing, an everyday experience, an everyday walk of promise that, that we have from, from God the Father as we have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And... Um, Acts chapter 2, we're going to read the first four verses, and they'll also be on the screen to follow along. This, this, the letter of Acts, the book of Acts was written by Luke, uh, who wrote the gospel of Luke, and he traveled many, many travels throughout this, uh, throughout Acts, as you, as you can read. But he writes this on ch- in, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, All the believers were together, meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Pentecost Sunday, Pente meaning 50, this happened 50 days after the Passover Easter weekend. For us, our calendar was around the middle of April when that happened. And Significantly, it's the day that God poured out His Spirit on the earth. The prophet Joel prophesied this as well, if you want to look at that, and how he prophesied that this would take place, and God's Spirit being poured out on the earth to indwell in the life of every person who is a follower of Jesus Christ. And that is just not a one-time experience and encounter. As you can read throughout Acts and the remainder of the whole New Testament, how they were constantly stirring one another to position themselves daily to receive the freshness and the, and, and the filling of the Holy Spirit in their life. And, you know, the same pillar of fire that led Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage into the promised land is this same Spirit is the same fire here that we read about in Acts chapter 2. And as it was resting, as it what appeared to look like tongues of fire, flames of fire on top of each 120 of these believers who were in the upper room uh, uh, praying and doing what the Lord had commissioned them to do. And they had no idea exactly when this would happen or how it would look or how it would feel, what kind of experience it would be. They just, know, they just were taking Jesus at his word to just wait in the city of Jerusalem, to wait in the upper room, to pray and to be together, to encourage one another. Because I'm sure some probably were like, I, I kind of want to go. We've been here long enough. Um, you know, uh, you know we, got, we, got some, we got some plans. We got some things we're, we're, we're kind of hoping to ha- take care of and knock out this afternoon or what have you. But they, they waited 
and, and, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And, you know, just as it happened in Acts, God wants His Spirit to be poured out into His people today. From, from generation to generation, I believe God's heart towards, towards people is that, hey, I want you to experience as much of me as you possibly can. I want you to know as much as me as you possibly can. I want you to, to know how, my, how deep and how wide and how great my love for you is and, and how close I am in your world, how close I am in your own life. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was standing in a gymnasium similar to this one. I was sitting back to my right, kind of midways, in a worship service, and a buddy of mine had gone to the altar and prayed, and he came back, and I was, we were just singing, and I had my hands lifted, and he just kind of stood behind me and began to just pray for me, and I was so, I thought I was a fairly young believer at that time, and um, just wanting whatever and however and however much God would give me at the time, I just wanted more of God, and I just was crying out to him to fill me with his spirit. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And I had my own personal uh, initial beginning of what it felt like and what it was like to have God's spirit truly touch my life in a significant way. And began, my eyes began to open, the, my spiritual eyes began to open, the word of God began to become more alive to me, began to read as some of the scriptures we're going to read today about the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit and the power of the spirit, as well as the body of Christ, the fellowship of the body of Christ one to another. And all of those things just began to start to come alive inside of me at a young age and around 16, 17 years old, and I just, I just knew, man, this is real. Experiencing the presence of God is real. It's not a hokey pokey thing. It's just not a, it's not something you can conjure up that, you know, it's not something you can fabricate and uh, it's not something you can, you can try to draw up and script up. It's, it, it's either the presence of God or there's not. And I know what the presence of God feels like because it only takes just a brief moment to be truly in the presence of of our Lord and the power of His Spirit touching a life and everything can change. A heart that's downtrodden, a, a, a soul that might have been pushed down and beaten can rise with victory, can come up with, uh, with an overcoming sense of strength and, and, uh, that you've never had before. I know that when a body is sick and touched by the presence of God, it can be made well. I know that when a, when a relationship is breached and strained, but when they're come humble before God, just wanting the Holy Spirit to touch, things can happen. Lives can transform truly be transformed and changed. And, I, and I, I'm thankful it's not just for a moment. It's not just for that occasion. It's not just for that event. But the Holy Spirit is a lifeline and a relational part of who God is and how He can fill us and how He can dwell in us and how we can depend on Him for every day of our life. For Him to fill us, for Him to inspire us, for Him to give us wisdom, for Him to guide us, for Him to teach us, for Him to remind us what God's Word says. You ever been in a, in a situation where you, where you were trying to maybe talk to someone or encourage yourself about something and, and Scripture just kind of started coming back to mind? You might have not read that verse or that passage of scripture in a while, but it just kind of comes back. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. That's the Holy Spirit reminding you of the truth and what is real and what is authentic and what will never ever dissipate in your life. And being, we believe at New Life Church, we have a core value, one of them. We have six. We've been going over them for the past several months. And today we're looking at the core value of being Holy Spirit filled. This, we believe that, man, we believe what God's Word says. We believe that, man, we, we should have and desire all that God wants for us to have in our life, to empower us, to produce in us God's holy character and His love. Because, you know, it's not just power, but it's also character of God. You know, the same mouth we might speak in tongues with is also the same mouth we, try, we should encourage one another with. Amen? And so, the Holy Spirit has some distinct distinctive roles, and we're going to look at that a little bit today for a few minutes, and I titled today's message, My Armor Bearer, My Armor Bearer, the Holy Spirit, My Armor Bearer. Jesus 
reminded um, or spoke about the promise of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. In the latter part of his earthly ministry, he spent some time with his disciples letting them know, hey, some things are going to change. It's not always going to look like it is right now, but I want you to be uh, rest assured that you're not going to be left alone. That the power of God is going to move in a way that is going to be a little different to understand, but trust me. And he began to talk to them in John's gospel. You can read about it in John 14 through 16, how Jesus spent time with his disciples preparing them. Hey, the promise of the helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to come. My Father will send the Holy Spirit. And he spent time letting them know about the promise. He also spent a little time in his, after his resurrection. The Bible talks about in Acts 1, he spent about 40 days after his resurrection with his disciples, kind of being teleported and transported and walking and showing up on the beach when they came back from fishing and had breakfast with them and showing up behind closed doors where they were locked behind because they were, they were afraid. And he just kind of walked through the wall and there he was and reminding them, hey, I promise you the Holy Spirit would come, and I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is still going to come. And he, he told them, hey, at the end of the Gospel of Luke, in the beginning of Acts 1, how Luke writes what Jesus was saying, but you need to wait. You just need to wait a little bit longer. Come on, who loves to just wait? I don't know anybody who just wakes up thinking, Lord, just make me wait today for what you have. I, don't, I, I just want to wait around, and I'm not in a hurry to get to what you have. I'm just going to wait around. I don't need, you know, I don't know anybody that just loves to wait. But, man, there's something to be said about following the words of our Lord who told them to wait. And we tell our children oftentimes, you need to just wait until it's time for you to have that or to do that or to go here or to go there. Because we understand seeing the big picture of the time. They don't. But God with us sees the big picture of time and we don't. And he told them to wait. And then in Acts 2, as we just read, we see the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. I don't want anybody, and God certainly does not want anyone to be scared of his spirit. His spirit is not scary. His spirit is real and it's personal. And there is a divine experience with him that he wants every one of us to have and to live out in our everyday life. And then, as you read throughout the book of Acts, and then throughout the remainder of the New Testament, you begin to see the role of the Holy Spirit unfold. And I want to just talk for a few minutes about three distinct areas of how the, of, of the, uh, of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and what He brings. He brings spiritual power, spiritual gifts, and spiritual fruit in our lives. And, and for, for some, this is a, rem, for a lot, perhaps this will be a reminder. And for maybe some other, others who might be in person or watching online, this might be new uh, to you. And so either way, we can take something away from this that can certainly be helpful. Jesus identified in John's gospel, the Holy Spirit. And he, he referred to him as the helper. And the Greek word there is paraclete, which means comforter, and helper, one who comes to strengthen, encourage, and support the believer in their everyday life in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. All right, so we're never alone. We're never forsaken as the, as the eternal promise of God he makes to us. He'll never leave us. He will not abandon us. But the Holy Spirit has a, has a certain way of living inside of a believer. His Spirit went to our spirit. And... And I liken this as the, as the Spirit, as our armor bearer. Uh, this is a kind of a new thought in my mind with this, and maybe some others, this, this, you, this clicked with you a long time ago. Um, I'm slow sometimes. Um, but the, the paraclete, the helper, the comforter, the armor bearer, here to strengthen, encourage, and support our life in Christ Jesus while we live. Because somebody be honest, man, if there's ever a day and time where we need the help and the comfort and the strength and the support and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it's today. 
Amen. And I know generations ago, they probably could have said the same thing. But here we are alive and well in our own time frame. And the Holy Spirit is not reserved for something that happened just in the book of Acts. But it is something in who he is is alive and well today. God just wants people to knock on his door and let him in. And when he knocks, let him in. And he will fill our life. So spiritual power. The word for power in the Greek in the New Testament is is the word. It sounds like dunamis but it's spelt like dynamis, where we get our word, our English word, dynamite, which is explosive, which is powerful, if you, you know what that is. And it means strength and ability to overcome, as well as being a bold witness on earth for Jesus. Because in Acts 1, it goes on to tell them, after you wait and the Spirit comes, He will fill you with power or you will be endued with power you will be in you will be filled with this dunamis dynamite power this strength that you've never had before because Jesus was no longer present in the flesh now he would be God in us and he said this is the kind of strength that you're going to need to overcome in your life come on does anybody ever need any strength to overcome anything in your life I know I do every day a thousand times a day need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me but also the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus because you just never know who's watching and you never know how the Holy Spirit will set you up to be a witness to someone else. On the way to church this morning, our, our youngest two were, were uh, role-playing mom and dad and say, this is what you sounded like when you were talking to so-and-so. And daddy, this is what you sounded like when you were talking to so-and-so. And man, they were doing some pretty good in, in impersonations of us. And Haley was like, you just never know when they're listening. You think they're not listening because half the time we don't think they're listening, right? Moms and dads, we don't think our little ones are listening one ear and out the other. But man, they really are listening. And you just, we just never know how the Lord will use us as a witness. Oftentimes, it's never on our timetable. It's never on what we, have, what we would pinpoint and plan. Today, when I go at 11.05 to so-and-so, and this is where I'm going to be, this is how I will act, and this is how I will talk, and this is whom I will speak to. Most of the time, it's when we're in a hurry, when everybody done cut us off and won't let us over in the lane we need in, when nobody at home acts right, I mean, nobody, even myself, nobody acts right. And here we are, got to get out in the real world and go around people. And all we want to do is do what we need to do and get out and get back and whatever it is as fast as we can. And that's most of the time when we're being a witness. And we don't always recognize those moments. But Jesus said this, the Spirit will live in your life to be His witness. But also... When you're weak, you will know what it's like to be made strong. That when you're facing some difficult times, maybe some bad habits or some poor choices have led to some poor places of life that you've experienced and encountered, the Holy Spirit will give you strength and give you the ability to overcome it. But with the power, Jesus taught us, Hey, you need to wait for it. He taught us what he told his disciples. You need to wait. You need to wait. And that's something that most of us don't ever want to have to do is wait. Look at this with me. Isaiah talked about this in Isaiah 40 verse 31 about waiting. He said, those who trust or those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Wow. Those who wait on the Lord will have that kind of strength and power at work in their life. I think about it this way. I think the things we have to wait for we learn to appreciate more. And the things we wait for, we often find a, a more responsible way to steward 
whatever it is that was given to us. That's why the Lord says, wait. There's a certain time frame before you get married. There's a certain time frame before you can do certain things according to the laws of the land. There's a certain time frame for a lot of things. Why is that? Big picture, God knows best. We learn to appreciate what we get, and we learn to steward what we have been given. Certainly this power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the spiritual manifestation of his gifts. There are nine spiritual gifts. You can, we're going to look at those here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But these nine gifts, here's the thing about these gifts of the Spirit. They're given so that they can be of help to every other person. So when God uses you in a certain measure, in a certain way, with a certain gift, it's not so that we can toot our own horn. It's not so we can shine bright and sound loud. It's so that we can be of help to somebody else. And I love this. Paul goes on, he teaches throughout this in 2 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 about these different gifts and how these gifts are not just reserved for when we come to church. They're practiced here, should be welcomed here, should be exercised here. But it's so that when we go and live our everyday life, wherever we might be, I believe the power of these gifts can be at work in our life. Let's look at these gifts. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, so it'll be on the screen. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, Each believer is given continuous revelation by the, by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. To benefit others. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. To another, the gift of prophecy. To another, the gift of discernment of what the Spirit is saying. To another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. In verse 11, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as He chooses for each believer. These gifts cannot be fabricated. These gifts cannot be conjured up. They can only be working in a person's life because they come from the Holy Spirit. But here's what the, the New Testament teaches us about gifts. In chapter 14, it tells us, earnestly desire these spiritual gifts. So here's the thing. If you don't desire for the Holy Spirit to manifest these gifts in your life, there's a good chance that that won't happen. But if you have a heart that's hungry for God and you want him to move in your life, he want, you, want him to, you want to experience him in your life through this relationship of the Holy Spirit, God will put at work different gifts in all of our different lives. And the manifestation of these gifts, again, are to be of benefit to other people. You can be anywhere and you can be praying and asking the Lord today. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know everything that's going to happen. I don't know every encounter. I don't know every situation, but I'm just asking you somehow, will you, will you bless me with your spiritual gifts, whatever it might be? Oftentimes, God will have me pray for healing, the work of the gift of healing for someone when I or someone in my household has been really sick, when I don't feel like doing it. When I'm experiencing something as well, oftentimes he has done that. Many times he has done that. The gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of prophecy. All of these different gifts. Friends, I want to tell you, they're all available to every one of us who's a believer in Christ Jesus, who desires the Holy Spirit to function and flow in our life. Again, it's not so we can stand out, but it's so Jesus can be big in someone else's life. Because ultimately, that's what it's about. Because when Jesus is present and when he is powerful in someone, it's he who gets the credit. It's he who gets the glory and not we ourselves. We are just vessels. And hopefully, we can pray to be vessels of honor as the New Testament teaches us. 
vessels that the Holy Spirit can just flow through. And we're taught earnestly desire. I had a, had a mentor coming up through when I was in youth group teaching me about gifts of the Spirit. It was all new to me. And I'd come into church and, and, um, and he would talk to me a little bit before service. And sometimes even during service, I would try to sit near him because I just, uh, he was someone who flowed in a lot of different gifts at different times. And I was like, Man, how do you do that? That is, that is, and every time it was like, boom, that's exactly what that person or the group of people needed. And he goes, let me show you something. He turned over to 1 Corinthians 14. It said, earnestly desire these gifts. A child of God who earnestly desires what God wants, I believe God will give. Because the gifts are given to help somebody else. And I just want to tell you, God wants to flow through your life. God wants to flow through your life. He wants to use you in so many different ways, not only in your own home here in this gathering, but he wants to use you on your job. And I know there might be some, some things, some, some boundaries in place on different places in the public sector. I get that. But don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit and how he can navigate around. If Jesus can walk through walls, the Holy Spirit can navigate through some laws and use your life. For his glory. And people. Can know Jesus and his love. And thirdly. Spiritual fruit. Nine gifts. There's nine. Fruits. Kind of depending on where you are. Where you come from. A lot of people want power. But they don't want the fruit. A lot of people want fruit. But they don't want the power. But they all come from the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces all of these things in our life. Nine fruits of the Spirit. Look at it with me in Galatians 5. Paul writes about this. Verse 22 says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. With the fruit of the Spirit, earlier in this address, Paul writes, Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Let speaks to yielding. So with the power we're taught to wait, with the gifts we're taught to earnestly desire, and with the fruit we're taught to yield. A tree bears its kind naturally. It has the seed that was planted. It has the blueprint on what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to produce, and it will produce. It just does. A follower of Christ. Again, the New Testament identifies a person in Jesus as a follower of Christ, a disciple, a believer, someone who follows, someone who trusts in, someone who relies on a relationship with Jesus. And out of our lives, Paul says, if you want the fruit to yield in you, to produce in you, then it takes, yield, it takes you humbling yourself and yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit. Because we still have our carnal nature that's at work. Last time I checked, I still can think bad thoughts. I still can say bad things. I still can have a stinky attitude. I can still mumble. I can still complain. You hit me, I want to hit you back. You hurt me. My first knee-jerk reaction is to hurt you back, right? You say something bad about me, yeah, I kind of want to cut you down and say your mama jokes too. You know what I'm saying? All of that stuff is part of our carnal fleshly nature. Someone takes from me, my first reaction is to take back. But what does the Holy Spirit do? It produces these nine fruits. Man, and those are, that's some good fruit right there. 
That is some tasty fruit, but at the same time, it doesn't always feel good growing on our tree, does it? Kindness sometimes, gentleness, self-control. I want it my way, when I want it, how I want it, yesterday. Self-control. I'm going to go make this job happen. I, I, I deserve this promotion. I'm going to go make myself be and get what I deserve. Patience. How slow can you be on bringing my food? One of the best hours of being a witness for Christ is going to happen in about 30 minutes when we go eat lunch. Especially if you're out in the pub to go out somewhere to eat. I know, right? (laughs) The fruit of the Spirit we're taught to yield. And I love this. Paul ends that part. There is no law against this. No law against these things. What's he talking about? There is no limit to how God, how big God can be in a person's life. That's why you see some people, man, they just bleed kindness. Big kindness. Right? There's no law against the bigness of God in a person's life. We can have as much love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control as we can take. There's no law. Think about when the Lord was about to send Israel into the promised land, the leaders sent some spies in, go check it out, come back, talk, talk to us. What They were carrying these huge, massive clusters of grapes, the kind you cannot buy at a store or grow right now. They just don't grow that big. I've not seen them this big. They probably exist somewhere, but they were carrying them between two people on a pole. That's how big the fruit was. I think that's one little picture of how big God can be in our life. He was saying, look, when you cross over and go to where I want you to go, when you live how I've called you to live, when you obey me and go where I've called you to go and be the kind of person I've called you to be on this earth, look at what can happen in your life. It was not just the tasting of sampling the big grapes. It was how big God could taste inside of us think about it do we come out sweet or do we come out sour or in some cases sassy salty salty but the holy spirit wants to be big in our life and i just want to encourage you in that today that as you seek after god as you search for him, as you call on him, as you look to him, ask him, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because I don't want to be someone who can be ignited really quick with a flame and easily snuffed out by life's troubles. I want to be a flame that can be lit and can stay lit Through wind, through storms, through trials, through tribulation, through whatever happens in life. I'm not saying it's easy. As you know, life's not easy. But how can we do it? How do we make it? How do we overcome? How do we tell and live a life that can point people to Jesus? Not by our spirit, not by our strength, but by the spirit of God the Lord. Ask him. Ask him to fill you. We learn to wait. We learn to desire. And we learn to yield. And the Holy Spirit will be our armor bearer in our lifetime. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, Jonathan, Saul's son, David's best friend, said this, or it was said about him, It said, his armor bearer said to him, his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Holy Spirit wants to be that in our life. Wants to help us do all that God puts in our heart. Wants to help us And he is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us like an armor bearer to help us to do 
and to be all God calls us to. You know, sometimes, I read this quote, sometimes the being is more important than the doing. Our human nature doesn't like that. Our human nature likes to do and not be, but God made us human beings. And I want to take these last few minutes of our service today and talk about being. I want to talk about someone who has been a spiritual armor bearer to me personally for the last 13 and a half years. Pastor Prentice Woods. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and I don't know any more, anybody more Pentecost than him. I don't. I say Holy Spirit. He says Holy Ghost. You know, that's Pentecost right there. But Pastor Prentice has been our associate pastor for the last 13 and a half years with me here. Gone through a lot himself. And has gone through a lot together with me and us as a church. He is someone who has definitely learned and aims to continue to model what it's like to wait on the Lord. Someone who truly desires these gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow. And someone who lives a yielded life to the Holy Spirit. He has been a brother in Christ to me, a friend, a mentor, an armor bearer, a prophetic voice, and a person of prayer. Over the last two to four years, Pastor Prentice has really strongly picked up the mantle of prayer and intercession. Has such a heart. He has so many alarms on his phone that go off, not to remind him to be somewhere, but to just nudge him to pray. He'll have an alarm to pray for this country, that country, this person, that person. He's praying a lot. I don't think he sleeps that often. I have to wait to call him after 10 a.m. because I know he's probably been up praying half the night. He's a person of prayer. You can trust him to pray for you. And you can trust him to, if the Lord gives him a word of encouragement or insight, gift of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, whatever, you can trust. He's not going to speak it out of his own accord. He's going to give it because the Holy Spirit has given it to him. You can trust him as we have these last 13 and a half years. Today, Pastor Prentice, I want to do something special for you. You have a lot of family. This is not near your family, all of them. You got a big family, man, huge family. But you've got a a decent amount of people here. Um, All of these folks have been by your side for a long time. Um, I know through COVID, you didn't get a chance to travel and see them. You were forced like many to stay at home. But as soon as that gate opened, you were like, I'm going to St. Louis. I don't know when I'll be back. I'm just going to go and I'm going to visit my family. I want to be with them. Family, I, I just want you to know he talks about you often in a very good way. He'll often tell me, so-and-so called me. I'm not going to name names, but he'll say, so-and-so called me today or last night. I want you to know your phone calls to him matter. They, they mean a lot to him. And I know when he calls and checks on you, it means a lot to you as well. But I just want you to know he's human like the rest of us. But at the same time, he waits on the Lord. He desires God. And he has yielded his life. To let the Holy Spirit take control. And today, Pastor Prentice, I'm going to ask you if you'll go ahead and join me up here for a moment.
I know. He did. Normally, he would be in the suit and I would be dressed down. But how am I have the tide has changed. Good, hey, thanks, man. I, was, I told him, I said, man, I was just trying to keep up with you today. And uh, you're trying to keep up with me today. How about, no, I'm kidding. I'm, te- I'm teasing. Um, but Pastor Prentice, today I want to I wanna recognize and honor you as Associate Pastor Emeritus. Emeritus simply means someone who's retired but yet retains their title. As a minister of the gospel, I don't think we really truly ever retire per se. God always finds and has other avenues. When I say today about Pastor Emeritus and retirement, he's not like just vacating and never coming back or doing anything like that. But I wanted to, at a, at a time in your life, I wanted, and in, in the presence of people who really love you and care for you, who are able to be here today, some were not able to get here to just take a moment to honor you before the church. You pastored over about 30 years in St. Louis before you took the call to move here in 2005. And then in the last 13 and a half years, you've, you've, been, a, you've been close. I've talked about that. You've been real tight with me. And I can never, ever repay you. Uh, never could. Your, your heart and your relationship towards me and my family... You always remember special occasions, little things that, that matter and, and, and mean a lot. But I want to take a moment today. If you would, join me right over here. We have a special presentation we want to give you, okay? First, I want to, I want to present to you, the Lord put this on my heart at least five, maybe six years ago. That when the time came, that you were going to be the first recipient of this. It's the Pastoral Medal of Faithfulness. Presented to Pastor Prentice Woods. You get to keep this nice box. It comes in. But I want to put this on you. I don't know. But it says, Associate Pastor Emeritus of New Life Church. I'll put this back down, but I want to present this nice certificate to you. It's the Pastoral Medal of Faithfulness presented to Pastor Prentice Woods, Associate Pastor Emeritus. And this is what it means. A pastor who served faithfully in his calling, who was loyal to his flock, modeling healthy leadership to his comrades in the ministry, and who displayed godly integrity Throughout life, leaving no room for discrepancies. On this day, June 5th, 2022, of New Life Church, Psalm 78, 72, he cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Amen. We have a short video of a few folks who put together some words. Don't worry, they're not all old pictures or anything like that. But there there's some folks that uh, put a few thoughtful things down they wanted to speak to you. And then after that, um, I'll have you, you have a, a moment to speak a few things, okay? You can sit with me right here. I've known him literally since birth. That's so I've known him my entire life. Mom's had about half of that, so she's less lucky than me. <laughs> yes, he he's he wears so many hats for our family. Um, God has just blessed us and graciously bestowed upon us Prentice Woods. He's he's a He's, he's a treasure to our family. We truly treasure him. Pastor Prentice uh, really enjoys discovering something new. Uh, going to a new place, 
with people he enjoys hanging out with. And especially if you could dig out those little tiny eating places. Uh, he, he really thrives off of enjoying how other people can take uh, a natural thing like cooking and just make it shine. So he really enjoys that. He enjoys uh, talking about books. He really, really likes books. I mean, books is, is, is his favorite, one of his favorite things. He likes to read. He likes to talk about what he's reading. He likes to share. He's a big sharer. He loves to share. Uh, and he has such a broad scope of things that he knows. So it's just really easy to talk to him about different subject matters because uh, he has a wealth of knowledge. One of my favorite hobbies is to listen to people tell stories. And it's great because whenever I manage to get, have lunch with him, I'm not a big talker. I don't need to because I can just sit back and I can listen to him all afternoon and talk about all sorts of things ranging from spiritual theology to well, you find out some really strange things whenever you uh, travel on the road, and he has done a lot of that. And that's one of my favorite things. I could just sit with him, and I could just listen all day. Pastor Prentice, uh, for our family, it is hard for me to put into words the meaning that you have to each one of us, uh, to Anthony, to myself, uh, to Carl, and to Zena. Um, I find it difficult to try to take a, 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 a friendship that has developed since I was in my late 20s all the way till I'm this age. Uh, and you've been there for us in so many different areas. You've, you've, uh, you've mentored us in our marriage. You've pastored us in our spiritual walk. You have uh, broad shoulders that we have always felt comfortable that no matter what we shared with you, that you would take it to the throne of God and uh, pray and on our behalf intercede. You are one of the most um, powerful men in prayer that I know mm -hmm. and our family has reaped great benefits on the amount of time that you spend on your knees before our Father God. And we really cannot, we just do not have the words to say how much we appreciate that. We love you, Pastor Prentice, each and, one of us. And for us, whenever we choose to love someone, it's not, for us it's an active work. And we're glad that we got to choose to actively work and continue to and just, Every single day, we choose where we're going to place our energies, our thoughts, and ourselves towards. And part of that is that we always choose a part of ourselves to love you and continue to look out for you. And you look out for us because you chose to love us right back. And we're really glad that we got to pick each other and that God put us in each other's lives to love each other and lift each other up. Hi, Pastor Prentice. Um, this is Sydney. I am so um, thankful to have been asked on behalf of me and the Weiss family. We would just like to say congratulations on this honor. Um, um, you have been with me since I was younger, since I was a little younger kid. And so being able to sit under your wisdom um, has definitely impacted my life. You are um, one of my spiritual grandparents. And so I'm so thankful to be able to be a part of honoring you today, as well as with New Life Church, being able to celebrate you. And so I hope your day is full of love. I hope that um, you are able to just celebrate with your New Life family. And so we love you and I hope you have a great day. Bye. Today, I wanna say congratulations and how much appreciation I have for Pastor Prentice. Um, who is a friend and a mentor and um, just an overall astound, astounding man. Um, he is going to be known now as Pastor Emeritus, which is a big word for me to say, but because I'm from the country. But I want to tell you a little bit about him and what makes him so special to me. 
He tells jokes that he gets from the cornfield. Um, he always remembers to call me when it's storming outside because he knows that my husband works nights and I'm at home alone and he wants to make sure that I'm safe. That means the world to me that he thinks of me to do that. And that he is always praying for me and my husband. We know that we have constant prayer coming from, from him to the Lord. And he is a prayer warrior. And he has helped me to glean and with the Lord and to learn how to pray, um, really get that relationship with the Lord. And he mentors me in the word. We talk about the word so much. And when we're together, me and him sit and talk, and it's just like we don't know anybody else is in the room when we're discussing the Lord and the Word. And I love all his books, and I would take his whole entire library. He would let me walk out of his house with them. And he's just dear to my heart and my husband's heart, and we love you very much, Prentice. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Amen. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? We have like 30 seconds, okay? So, no, I'm kidding. Um, we do have lunch plans, though, so just remember that. But I would love for you to say a few things, whatever's on your heart. And then, if you would just say a prayer for our church. Will you do that? Y'all already trying to control me by cutting my voice off. That's one way to do it. About the only way sometimes. I don't have the voice of my dad. My dad grew up without what we have today. But he didn't need one. And uh, I am so grateful for the opportunity to have served in any capacity that Pastor Jeremy has asked me to. There's times I thought, oh, God. The phone would ring, and I'd, I'd say, J.S. on there. I said, he wants something. <laughs> I said, give me, the, give me strength, Lord. And uh, he did. I have found that he is faithful, and his grace is sufficient for anything that comes our way. As old song, I don't know about them tomorrow, but I do know who holds my hand. And thank you. I appreciate the, the accolades. That's one of those. You check the dictionary. I think it's still got it in there. Uh, of what those is on screen, as well as those that didn't get a chance, uh, a good age group there uh and it's one thing to get old and all you got is old friends they used to tell them at st louis make sure that you have different levels of age friends it's not only the ones at your age it's the ones that are younger than you are as well as those that are older than you are like ty <laughs> i finally got the last word in there because i got the mic and but I, I'm a big joker. That has been a problem that I've had many times. <laughs> I'll be quiet. But sincere, there's not a night that goes by that I don't call your names in prayer. From the younger ones, you'd be surprised how much I pray for y'all. <laughs> to older ones that are in our churches, you're all not just precious in my sight, but you're precious in God's sight. What a greatest honor it should be for you to have someone older than you are that God speaks to them and asks them to pray for you as an individual as one of the greatest honors I feel 
There's not a whole lot that's older than me anymore. Where'd Charles go? <laughs> oh, well, Bill's here. He's older than me, I think. Or I, I think he's older than me. He should be older than me. But I, th I so much appreciate this. I really do. I've been wondering if I was going to make it. <laughs> but what a benefit, and I appreciate, I couldn't believe it when I looked at the uh, my calendar, uh, especially the Jewish calendar, and saw the date was Pentecostal Sunday. That's what I've spent my life in. The, the good, the bad, and the ugly of what I have chose to identify with. But I will never forget the good. Thank you so much. Just a little introduction here. One of the, I, I got an, oh, oh, there's Charles. You're not over there. You're supposed to be there, Charles. Uh, yeah, you get used to people certain places in here. I've got a real old book of mine that I was going through the other day, and I was looking at it because it was a book on all of the, the minor prophets that, if you didn't know it, then those are the, the shorter books. But I, I happened to have pulled up, and it was on Samuel, which is, he's not exactly a minor prophet. And the greatest thing that happened to Samuel, I was thinking about it, is that Samuel, when he grew older, it says that all of Israel asked him to pray over them. I take it as an honor today to bless every one of you. Some of you I have seen God move exponentially in your life. Some of you amazing, Lindsay, <laughs> of how God brought you into the church. You stayed in the church. You got married in the church. You had all those deductions, you know, and and have continued on to know the Lord. I want to bless you today in praying for you. Oh, God. In the name of your Son, I thank you today because I realize there is no mountain that you cannot bring low, no river that you cannot stop, no human life that's insignificant through your eyes. I pray a blessing upon this house, these your people. I pray, Lord, that their barns will always be full. Their homes will always produce joy unspeakable and full of glory. I pray today that you would go before them, be above them, be below them, be on the north, the south, the east, and the west. I pray for your protection. Lord, as you have said, as David said in Psalms 91, that no evil will come their way. No plague will interfere with them physically. No missile will fly through the air that you cannot stop. Lord, I pray your blessings upon them. I pray that favor will follow them. I pray that those twins that David talked about, the goodness and mercy that follows David all of his life, that same twins follow these your people. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen.
in, in closing, I want to speak this scripture over you. Paul wrote this letter to Philemon, verse 7, 1-7. And I want to say this about you in closing. Pastor Prentice, your love has impacted me, and it brings me great joy and encouragement. For the hearts of the believers have been greatly refreshed through you, our brother. Amen. Church, can we give the Lord thanks for this gift?